Hello and welcome to Fab and Femme. This is the fabulous home of us females, and we're so excited to have you here. I'm Mia Fine, and my co-host is the lovely Bonnie Gale. Welcome, Bonnie. Hi, Mia. How are you this morning? I'm wonderful. How are you? And how I'm was good. Your week? How was what? your week? How was your week? My week? Uh, you know what? I'm so happy that Mercury is out of retrograde. Yes! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> is that a little crazy or what? But seriously, because it's like, I just felt like so much static energy between people. And I feel like that's starting to calm down. And yes, that we're starting to come back to like a better place. Because communication was getting screwed up, and it was just, I think there was a lot of frustration going on. So I'm actually really super happy today about that. Yeah, it does feel a lot lighter. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because as women who do a lot and create, and that's what the show is about, is about bringing on fabulous and feminine women, we have to understand our energy and the energy around us, and that's not a... A spiritual woo-woo thing, that's a human thing. <laughs> so it's very cool that you brought that up. And guess what we have? I know you know, Bonnie, we have the amazing Christine McKinnis, who is with us today as our guest. She is, well, what can't I say about her? She is <laughs> She's beautiful. Her story is powerful, and she's going to share it with us in a minute when we bring her on. Uh, actually, I'm going to bring her on, and then I'll finish sharing her. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Bonnie and Mia. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited and honored to be with you ladies. I can't wait to jam here with you in a few minutes. Yes, I know. I'm so I'm excited so to be here with you, too, Christine. Thank you. Thank you for being our guest today, because I am so excited about what you're going to be sharing about. Yes. Awesome. You know, and the very cool thing about um, the group of well, just simply women in general, when we come together as a sisterhood, is we find um, we find our sisters and we become incredibly empowered. And that's part of what Fab and Femme is all about. But I, as I promised, I want to share about a little bit about my, because Christine and I are friends. And I said, Bonnie and now, and Bonnie and Christine are friends now. And I'm like, Bonnie, you, you have to have on Christine. And she's like, oh my God, her story's amazing. We have to have on Christine. <laughs> so, I just want to share a little bit about this powerful woman. And it's not that we just have our friends on. We have our friends on who are actually movement makers, big people who shake up our ground that we walk on that help us create magnificence in our life. So Christine is the founder of Rock Your Voice. And what's really powerful, she'll tell about her story, but what's really powerful about it is Christine had this vision of having a huge, well, she still does, and she still is doing it, having women come together to express and empower other women. And she she created a magnificent um, event a year of, over a little bit over a year ago that was so powerful. Marianne Williamson was there in New York. I was there. Christine was there. So my point about this is when you gather women and you get to talk to a woman like Christine, your world changes. So Christine, will you share with us your backstory, which is really kind of what we want to talk about. And we want to talk about the Rock Your Voice Woman movement. But your backstory is so powerful that it brought you to where you are today, like like all stories do, 
Um, but it really, when you're on life and death type of situation, there's nothing more magnificent than listening to somebody share that story and how they got to the other side. So the mic is all yours, baby. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. Yeah, this story. Oh, Mia. So, I mean, I feel like first and foremost, if I, if I wasn't sharing my story out in the world with everyone and anyone and all people, um, I would not actually have the level of fulfillment. And to, for, for me, that's what success is, is to be really fulfilled as a woman, looking around at my life, feeling so supported, loved, safe, nourished. And so this story is a testimony to every person's voice. And, you know, now in society, we're seeing it, we're hearing it suddenly, voices are everywhere. And so my journey with voice began really when I was a small child and I felt that I wasn't heard and I, you know, grew up with parents who were separated from each other and I couldn't find my way in the world. And so I was listening to the voices of everyone else, people pleasing, looking for love, looking for acceptance. And... Physically, what this looked like was digestive issues, always. I, I was a colicky baby. I mean, if that doesn't say anything, <laughs> you know. And um, so I was like screaming my head off and, use, and screaming, using my voice, shouting at the world from when I was a small infant. And so what happened was years and years of not feeling well in my body and still having this drive for greatness, to have a big impact in the world. I was looking and, and finding my way in theater and singing. And then I became a New York City public school teacher. And all along, silently, I was living with this disease. Um, and what happened was I would go to the doctors. I would say I don't feel well. And they put me on the acid pump inhibitors. And, you know, they tried to best support me as they could. Um, but what happened was I was I was really looking to do it all. I was teaching in the day, I was leaving teaching, and then I was going to tutor for extra funds and extra money, and then at night I was off on stages, singing, acting, speaking, out in the media, um, and then I would go to the gym, and then I would be with my boyfriend, and then I would wake up and do it all over again, trying to climb a ladder, trying to achieve what I thought would bring me this fulfillment that I talk about. And here I was, Mia, at 24 years old, and I was working with a gastroenterologist, and he said, you know, what's happening with you? And what was happening that people didn't know about, because I suffered in silence, and many people do suffer in silence when they have a disease or disorder, because they don't want, I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer, I didn't want to be the negative Nilly, you know, I was full of life. So people came to know me and I would take a bite of pizza or something and I'd have to like run to the bathroom and they would say, Christine, we never knew it was this bad. And so the doctors did some biopsies and there was this one day when I had been taking the medicine, looking to do everything I could possibly do, exercise, eating healthy, but I never knew when the episode was going to come. It would come in the middle of the night. I was ending up in the emergency room three times a month just because all of a sudden everything would just come up and out of me and continue to be purged for about 12 to 16 hours until I was completely depleted. And so the doctor came out and he said, we did some testing, we biopsied, and here's what I have for you. Um, you have something called Barrett's disease or Barrett's esophagus. It's from years of 
acid reflux. And so what's happened is your stomach lining has now started to grow up into your esophagus to protect it from this acid. And in doing that, anytime there's abnormal cellular growth, it's pre-cancer. Now, this is 16 years ago. I was teaching elementary school, and there were women, mothers of my students, who were diagnosed with cancer, and then shortly thereafter were passing away from cancer. Wow. There, there were, there was it, no chemotherapy. All of that was new. I mean, it was cancer was a big C. And when you got that diagnosis, you knew you didn't have much time to live. So here I was, 24 years old, knowing this, saying, Oh my God, I'm here for this impact. And I could feel everything got quiet. It was almost like I, you know, the blood was like draining from my body. And I said, Listen, doctor, okay, what can we do? What's the next procedure? What's the next pill? How are you going to help me? save me, fix me. That was my voice. And it was a voice of victimhood. It was a voice of a young woman who was struggling with challenges in her life in finding her own way and in creating a life that was fulfilling and honoring herself. And he literally put his hands up because I was so like, come on, let's do something. And he was like, no, there's nothing I can do at this time. If it should become cancer, we will continue to monitor you and buy up to you every two months. When it becomes cancer, we'll go in, we'll do the scraping, we'll do this thing with your throat. You saw, and I, everything just went quiet. Ugh. And I could feel, it felt like I was underwater, literally, like quiet. Like it was just like I was submerged underwater. And then this magical, amazing thing happened that I want every listener to really honor and know that this is your power. I felt like a hand fills up a glove. I felt my soul sit up inside of my body from like my legs all the way up to my chest, all the way up to my ears, where I clearly heard what sounded like to me the voice of God, goddess, except it was my own voice. And the words that it spoke was, go off and allow your body to heal. All is well. Beautiful. So here I was in this place, right? This very patriarchal, masculine structure. You know, this is what it is. And, and And the doctor was like, I can't do anything. And I heard this inner voice. And I said, I will be fine. I trust. I know my body's going to heal. All is well. It's not how I spoke at 24 years, 24 years old. I wasn't walking around saying these things that we might, you know, today you might be like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, well, back then I didn't have that, but I did have this deep, profound spiritual awakening. So I left the office that day and I shared with my family from a beautiful place of my body's going to heal. I'm going to allow that to happen. I will support it. And in three days, I found a mentor who contacted me from someone who knew me, and she was a holistic nutritionist, and I went, I traveled, I invested to be with her, and her story was amazing and dynamic. She worked on Wall Street. She had a child with a liver dysfunction, was told he'd never be normal. She left her job, went back to nutrition school, completely healed her son. So here, I'm hearing a story of an empowered woman, and I'm saying, yes, this is my woman. And so I did everything to really be with her. And all she did was really get me back to basics. 
teach me Ooh. about simple foods, simple f- supplements, cleaning out my diet. I mean, this is back, you know, nobody heard of it. I was like juicing or only organic food. I gave up my diet soda, which I thought was healthy. I mean, people were like, oh, Christine, well, she has to do that, you know. And I'm like, and I'm like, are you kidding? And I felt amazing. And in just a few months, I went back for my biopsy and the doctor you know, reported, you are healing. You have scar tissue. There's no more new growth. Everything has come to a stop. The medicine is working. And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, I told you the medicine wasn't working last time. So I'm not taking the medicine. And in his own right, he said, if you won't take the medicine, I can't treat you any longer in medical school. This is what we learned. Help our our clients, you know, I was going to say, but our patients were really felt like a client there. Um, and so I, I said, it's okay, doctor. I apparently don't need you anymore or the medication. I'm feeling amazing. And it has been 16 years and I have not had another bout. In fact, um, you know, my digestion is pretty awesome and no more of that angst. And, and that was my big wake up call about why this happened. So I can share more, but I, I want to uh, just let you ladies wow. tune, <laughs> tune in here. That's a big bravo, literally. I mean, that's a standing ovation, yes. a standing o. That is, that's incredible. So I know Bonnie being like you, you know, I'm learning so much from her about food and nutrition. We've healed my body. Um, and still, you know, I still have a long ways to go, but, um, I had something that came up last year and, and so I know she has a lot to ask you, so I'm going to be quiet for a little bit and maybe type in here and there. But I love, of course, I love your stories, and and I love you. And what I want to say, the first thing that almost made me cheer, because you guys know that I am a cheery girl at times. When I hear beautiful things, I love to love flow. So what I heard you say was, yes, this is my woman. And you knew that you were fine, and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And that you allow yourself to trust somebody, really trust somebody to literally guide you through this process, you know, blindly, because the truth is, is that, you know, like in your gut, you knew, but you basically used your super, you know, your intuition to supersede mm-hmm. medical advice. And I, like you, I applaud that greatly because you're the only person who knew what you were feeling in your body. Not the doctor, not the nurses, not the people at the front desk, only you. And I love the fact that you trusted when that message came, that that message was for you and that there was going to be another way. Because I think that so many times, like, you know, I know my mom, I actually tried to get her to do alternative healing when she, when I found out she had cancer um, because that was the route that I would have wanted to go. And so I wanted my mom to take a more graceful path than what she took. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to convince her. So I would love for you to talk more about um, how you have learned to trust in that voice when you mm-hmm. hear it or however those messages come to you because some people see them, some people hear them. You know, they come in so many different ways. And I would really love to hear you share more about that. Beautiful. So what happened for me was, you know, it really felt like life or death. And when we allow ourselves to get to that place, no matter what your moment is, when you've had enough, 
you will listen. There is that honoring that inner voice that is always with all of us. In fact, that's like our navigation. We all have GPS in our cars. Well, hello, what about your body? That's what you have for your body is your GPS, is your intuition. But again, it's all the voices in society that have told us, no, that's not, you know, when we're like, oh, I'm just going to go do that. It's like, no, you can't do that. Who do you, no, first you have to go do this. No. And so we've listened to this, these other voices. Why? Again, so that we could be loved and accepted and supported so that we can kind of fit in. And it's beautiful to be alive in a time as today where we're having the deep, deeper spiritual conversations about meditation and about listening. But for me, what it is, is it's a feeling. It's just a feeling, and it's the most softest, gentlest feeling. And I will say, from anyone who's suffered from physical ailments, which I believe is the majority of our society, the pain can be really intense, and it kind of wakes you up to what it feels like in your body. And so for me, my body was not a safe space to be. And I know I'm speaking to so many people, whether, you know, there was sexual assault or emotional or trauma or whatever, we tend to, like, want to escape. And we tend to look to addictions. I mean, this is a huge conversation. Just look around us or distractions or we're holding our phone and checking our Facebook and doing all these things. But the truth is, this inner voice is very soft. It's very gentle, and it's always there to guide us. So for me, I do hear messages, and it sounds like my own voice. And I've learned just in that day as I learn is that when I hear something, go do this. Turn on your phone. Make a right here. I trust, and I go, and I explore. And yeah. I often share this with my kids because it is like this kind of Walt Disney effect kind of like a dory, you know, finding dory. It's like, oh, over there, oh, over there, oh, over there. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but then they want to escape. They want to get out. And what are they, oh, let's follow dory because we know she'll get us out of here. And not only is she like getting us out of here and, and so excited and joyful and happy and free, but she actually like accomplishes these great things because of this innocent nature that she possesses. And it's just something that, again, we all have. So it could be this, the hearing of your own voice. It could be seeing things. Many of us see things, um, you know, in colors and auras, and then we have a meaning about that. It could be reading energy. And we're talking more about those things as well. And so that's where the piece allow, allow go off. First of all, it was like, get the hell out of here. You know, that's what my real voice would have, my, my conditioned voice would have been like, get the heck out of here, Christine, now. Like, leave this place. You're not going to get the support. But it was just like, go off. Like, you know, just get yourself out. Move. Remove yourself from the space and allow. And you see, that mm. wasn't something that I ever knew to do. I was always trying to figure it out. I was always seeking for the answers. And again, social media, so much of us today, we're all like out there together. But it's like, what are we really, what are we really honoring in those places? Are we still consuming? Are we still looking for validation outside of ourselves and answers? And so, Bonnie, this is what happened because once this woman presented to me, my holistic nutritionist, like food and, and water and the simplicity of life, because 
you know, I was using the microwave. Let's not even go there. About how that <laughs> the nourishment yeah. of our food, right? I was doing this convenience living, and I thought I was making those smart ones, healthy choices of like what a independent young woman would do. And I was right because like, we're not taught otherwise. Yeah. Yes. And that's exactly what she did. She's like, listen, you know, and I'm like, please, I'm not going to eat salad. I live in New York. I have pizza and pasta. I come from an Italian family, Hispanic. Like, I want all the flavors and the taste and the things. But my body needed to heal from the leaky gut and from the inflammation and from, you know, eating all the wrong things and not proper digestion. And what happened was just the incorporation of different vegetables, and fruits and juicing so my body didn't have mm-hmm. to go into that whole breaking down and less meat. Hello, less meat. Less right. red meat because I grew up, you had meat, a potato, you know, a starch and a vegetable. <laughs> and right. I, I grew up that. like that too, so I'm right there. I know. We all did. We all did. I, so then when you, like, then I was like, well, what am I going to cook? And how am I going to eat? And how will I be a good wife? I'm just going to eat salad. You know, it's like, who? And so it's like finding yourself. But what happened was I discovered all of those beautiful foods. I discovered the flavor of food, like the real flavor of food that's just like steamed or gently sauteed or juicing. And I saw, I I witnessed clearer skin and energy, but here's the beautiful thing. The more food that I ate from our mother, Earth, the more heightened my senses became. Sensual, Mm. emotional, spiritual. And the thing that I didn't say before was that in the doctor's office that day, when he put his hands up, and he, there was literally, I mean, I could have like clung to him. This man could not help me. And how many of us are like seeking the, like, please help me do something. Why can't just give right. me the answer, right? It's like when he did that, like literally, this is what I saw. So we want to talk about intuition, seeing, feeling, hearing. He put his hands up. I could feel this energetic release of myself clinging for him. And mm. it, it came back to my center. And in my heart center, I felt. Wow, I am responsible for my life, body, mind, and spirit. And just as you said, like, he didn't know, he couldn't have, right? You were the perfect person. You, Yeah, that was the big message. So now when I had this awakening and I started to move throughout my life, it's like those were the messages. Those were the things I was witnessing and experiencing i am responsible body mind spirit i am responsible that means Mm. i am the creator that means i can heal myself that means i can create nurturing um relationships it means everything i feed my body physically there's also an emotional impact and there's also the impact on the world and our carbon blueprint of things. Like, this became a huge conversation in my life that it wasn't just about the food, but it started with the food for me. You know, well, I think indirectly it starts with the food for a lot of people, but they just don't really realize it because basically chronic inflammation is the root cause of every single disease. And it, and the way, and what's being done to our 
food today and the things that we are eating today. And the reason I say things, because there's so many things that we are eating that are called food that our body does not recognize as food. So that we are actually toxifying ourselves. Like, look, who knew, like diet soda as an example. You know, I'm curious and I'm, you know, it's not like you would go back and remember, but I'm curious if when you took the diet soda, if that was like an impetus for something to happen, because I know what diet soda does in your body, you know, so like just that one thing could have like been a trigger for a lot of things. But it, mm-hmm. I'm, I want to know also though, so I love that you talk about the voices, you know, like our voices that we hear, but we also think about the voices in our head you know, which are not necessarily the positive voices, because a lot of times we get negative messages inside of our heads. So how did you, how can, how did you differentiate between those voices and then the message that came through when you were at the doctor's office? So those voices are, it's really the voices of the collective. Mm. So we we are picking up on the voices of the collective. So it's no coincidence that now more people are speaking out and the voices are starting to change and the Me Too mm-hmm. movements and all of this, right? We're all right. we all share these common stories. And so the voices of the collective for myself in that time, the way I differentiated it was because of this, I had to nurture myself. So the voices that did not serve me, whether they were in my head as my own or the voices of other people of judgment, oh, sure, she can only have, we can have a party, we can only have with this, you know, she, Christine, can't, whatever voices it was, right, it did not matter because I just had to filter it and say, does this serve me? And does this serve me? In fact, when everybody started, like, crying, when I started to share with my family, I was like, please, don't cry and don't be upset. Everything is fine. I'm, it's going to be fine because I could just hear the impact and hear my mother crying on the other line. And I was like, Mom, we, that doesn't serve. I understand that you're afraid, but I'm not. And so, see, it was like really taking a stand for what preserves you. It is ultimately self-love and self-honoring. Yes. And it, it sounded like creating space. It, it looked like I actually went within, but not only within, I withdrew myself from other people because I really felt not that I didn't love them and I didn't want to be there and go out with my friends and all that, but I really felt like, Christine, this is your time to nurture yourself and to allow your body to heal without distractions, without the implications or the judgments or all of that, which many times are well-meaning. However, we know what serves and what doesn't serve us. And for me, that was what the differentiation. So even if voice would come into my head, I would just say, okay, let it go. Like what, just like I let that doctor, well, you know, and, and then he told me like, well, I can't treat you and all. And I was like, hey, it's okay. Because mm-hmm. I got, I've got this, like everything's going to be all right. You know, I wasn't like, oh my God, like I didn't get upset about it. I didn't judge him. Like all oh, these doctors, medical. No, there's a place. And I honor doctors and I honor our medical, you know, environments. And I understand that we're all evolving. And today the conversations are very different and there are so many more options. But when I worked with this other woman who she just kept pointing me in the direction 
of of where I really needed to go, where I needed to be, which was simplify back to the mm. earth, honoring myself. She shared with me communities of others who had similar beliefs. Christine, if you're afraid because you've never tried this or done this for your health, you know, talk to these people. At that time, it was like online email groups and Yahoo groups. There was no Facebook or anything. And so there were less distractions, believe it or not. And I remember, like, bringing my own lunch to school, you know, and everybody was, like, kind of weirded out. Like, you know, like, what is that? What are you eating? Kale? Like, ugh. <laughs> you know? I, I know. Ladies, 16 years ago, this was a conversation. That is funny. You <laughs> trendsetter. You're a trendsetter. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> you know, so, I, I want to yeah. talk about what you're talking about, about, but I want to move it into a slightly different direction of, mm-hmm. or or add something to it. It's it's amazing. What I'm I know this to be true. You know this to be true. Bonnie knows this to be true. Simply because it's the work that we've done and we know this. So let's bring this to the audience. Um, we are not taught love or how to love ourselves. We are what we are taught is things that were created by mankind, not in from ego based, like the teachings of God. It's it's really more or less lowering our humanity connection to spirit, to, to God, to the God energy, because we're not taught to, like you said, to be intuitive, to listen, to, to move through, to honor our bodies, to honor Mother Earth, to honor God. We are told that we need to be quiet, we need to follow directions, we need to listen to the, you know, per se, even the doctors, not that that's in the, in the Bible, but you know what I'm saying. We are taught out of fear from our sweet, loving ancestors that that's what they were taught. And so this time in our um, lives, in the lives of humanity on Earth, is so brilliant because it's almost a revolution in itself. We're saying, no, wait a minute. We're seeing something else. We're healthier. We're better. We're happier. We're more loved. So let's talk a little bit about that because that is that power place that you talk about and, you know, about your empowerment of your voice, your self-love, your growth. This is really important for the human to understand that their body can be healed, their psyche, their entire psyche, their body, mind, and spirit can be healed. They're not left to suffer or disease away to death because there can be change. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it is, it's so interesting because, the times have changed so much and the conveniences that we do have to us, to available to us today, and it's still part of the conversation, but the older ways of being are really fading away, and people are honoring themselves more and more as I see it. And what happened for me was that through this experience, I was so excited. I was so in love with food and what mm-hmm. it afforded me and how it made me feel. And so, you know, I was, you know, newly at that point I was, I was dating. And so then I went on to, you know, get engaged and, and share with my, my, my fiance at the time. Um, and so I was thinking already about, well, what kind of world am I going to be living into? And how am I going to be an active participant in this life? And what can I share? What contributions can I make? Now I was working as a school teacher and I was seeing every year tripling, quadrupling cases of disorders, emotional, physical, Asperger's, ADD, ADHD, behavioral thing. I mean, 
And I kept saying to the other teachers, the other staff, like, what's happening here? What's happening to our children? This is our offspring. And yeah, they were like, oh, we know. It gets crazy. You know, and you kind of get numb when you're in the environment. Mm-hmm. But I was young and new to it. And I was like, this is not okay with me. And so as a natural teacher already of our children, I started to say, like, how can I better support our children? And so when I found this healing, I went back to nutrition school. And this is what's happening with entrepreneurs today, empowering ourselves. We're now finding our places and we're creating lives and businesses that are in alignment with this inner voice that speaks to us. Whether we're outwardly saying that or not, that's exactly what's happening. And so from there, I studied nutrition, I became a health coach myself, and I became the mom's coach for life. I started working with mothers so that they could support their children. And that was happening very beautifully and naturally, getting back to basics, cleaning up their diets, the vaccine conversation, all of this. But then as I was working with the women, Mia, I started to see it's not just about like the food and the nutrition and all of this. It's really about what's happening in our home, how we're raising up our children (laughs) and how we're, and how we've been taught to be with ourselves. And I could see the void for like this deep mothering. And now we know spiritually today from the earth and how we've even treated our earth and our planet and all of that. I mean, it's happened in the home. It's happened with the physical, the feminine. And so when I coached the women, I would see where they were conforming, where they would listen, listening to the voices outside, where they were trying to fit into a patriarchal society or otherwise known as a man's world. And they were burning out and they were making themselves sick. And I dove into that a little bit about with them and I found the root of cancer. And you can ask anybody that's had cancer, what's the one thing you wish you would have done or known before this disease came? Or what's the one thing this disease is teaching you? And the answer is to love myself. Mm-hmm. And when I was speaking to these women and they're like, I just wish I would have loved myself. I would have, I wish I would have loved myself more. I just wish I would have loved myself. And so I started listening to the voices of women and seeing how voices of women, feminine energy is not represented in our world. Our world is so out of balance. And again, this was, you know, like I started my business seven years ago. So that was when I said it's time for me to leave teaching in kind of an institutional environment, which I also no longer felt was serving our collective, our children, our parents, like the whole structures and dynamics. I just said, this does not feel good to me anymore. When you have kids coming up to you, you know, Mrs., um, why am I a two? Won't I ever get to that level? And what can I do to get to? I mean, it just, I'm like, darling, you're perfect. Like, you're perfect. And you're amazing at what you're amazing at. And it just, like, it just didn't feel right. So this whole place of honoring ourselves, our voices, the feminine energy, the mothering and the parenting that's happening These are the conversations and how it might feel like such a huge thing to take on. But I'm going to say this, especially women, because of the men have been the ones to go off out of the homes, to go work in the offices, to leave, to commute. You know, they've been the first ones to kind of forge the path. We've been the ones watching, witnessing and seeing this. And so the women are the ones and women, the women are the ones 
who are still, if you look statistically, go and Google it, like who makes the money, who makes the money, but who also spends the money for their household, who makes the household decisions, who organizes the trips, who who purchases the food, whether it's them, they're making the money or not. Who is really leading the homes and who has been leading the homes and making these decisions? And it has been the women. We And that's why we've been marketed to. That's why the makeup beauty industry is what it is. Why? Why don't the men have it? Because the women are the ones making these decisions. And how amazing that we get to shift these conversations today. Because everywhere a woman goes, her voice goes too. She gets to stand up and speak up when she's dropping her kids off, when she's at the grocery store making a purchase, when she's traveling. And you know, money talks. So where we put our money is sending those messages, which we're also seeing starting to shift and change. And so this is a greater conversation about what it means to be a woman, how we can honor ourselves, nurture ourselves, and also simultaneously do that to our earth, to our communities, to our relationships, to our upcoming generations, to our politics. Beautiful. And we're just like mesmerized. Keep going, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you ladies are doing, yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, you do it, you and Bonnie are already, like, you invest so much into yourselves, into your health, and then you step out, you have this radio show, you have books, you have media, you have all of these amazing things, and then you invite other people to join you, and this is how it works. Because mm-hmm. when women, like, find something, we're, we love to talk. We love to share. <laughs> hey, have you heard we about this? Do you know this? Now we're doing this. <laughs> Did you ever try this? And, like, you can't shut us up, nor should you, because we know. So when another woman is like, sister, have you heard? Have you done this? Are you doing this? It's like, no, tell me more. What? What is it? And we get excited. Yeah. And it, it's just like, this is, this is a deep honoring and a remembering that, you know, again, and the men love an empowered woman. I don't care what you say. I've had maybe one or two people in my life say, oh, you're intimidating. But aside from that, when they get to know me, I've had no man ever tell me that I made him feel any less or anything like that. In fact, I would say when I was acting and I was very flamboyant and out there, most men fell in love with me. And that is not something cocky to say. This is a beautiful sharing of yourself. And if more people could share themselves in that way, more people would be in love with you too. So let's, the way, let's go to the yeah. root of that. The, the, the root, root of that... that is, is that insecurity that we're taught, and so we need to get out of it to understand our own magnificence, right? It's that practice of that inner God-Goddess that we bring out called self-love, that divine connection. Yeah. Is that is that true, or do you have a different spin or want to share, you know? It's also, you know, we're going to take a stand. Bonnie and I are taking a stand for the bodies today, too. I teach body love, too, because there's not without the self-love, right? So which we all know that I'm like the self-love person. 
without the self-love or without the body love, you're not complete. We're body, mind, right. and spirit. So right. without a healthy self-love, without a healthy spiritual mm-hmm. love, without a healthy body love, we are nothing. Our bo- mm-hmm. our self-love really connects so powerfully to our mental love, to our mm-hmm. spiritual love, to our body. So it really is that glue that holds that uh, trinity, which I call, which is our psyche, body, mind, and spirit together. So I'm well, you know, they're on the body too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's totally the body. As you spoke about the mind, what came into my my mind was watching, you know, shows growing up. Where I mean, most of them were amazing, Belvedere and all these beautiful things, uh, Seventh Heaven. When I was growing up, but then there were these shows that started to come into play with through sitcoms, and they were like women were very demasculating to the men, emasculating. Yes, and so. Yes. I was like, what is that about? But here we go. In the mind, when you talk about the voices, if you're only speaking love to yourself, the only words that will leave your lips are also loving words. So those women who are cutting down the men because they think that, you know, it's a power thing or whatever that is, imagine what's happening internally. And it's not just women. It's anyone who's speaking like that to themselves. But this whole thing about the body, you asked about where does this love, how do people come, you know, just fall in love with you, when you're the embodiment of love, that means that you feel good in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And that well, and is you know something, what this, yeah. And when, you know, this really kind of goes along with be your best advocate, which is my whole concept of everything. It's really, you know, you have to be responsible for yourself. And that means your body, your mind, and your spirit. So, like, what are the things that you need to do to take care of yourself every day? Like, I know that I do a lot of stuff that, you know, to maintain myself that most people kind of go, oh, my God, why would she do something like that? You know, like the way that I eat, as an example. Because I know that when I fuel my body with real food, it loves it and it appreciates it and it feels good and it makes me feel good. And that's really what we're talking about is being aware of what fuels our body, mind, and spirit in its best form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say it is this inner knowing. It is your internal compass. What works for you might not work for someone else. However, if you are not tuned in in all ways, and, and Bonnie, it does. It does look radical. It does look radical for quite a while. And I needed to be really extreme for a very short amount of time until it became my lifestyle, until it became effortless living. And I think about right. our gurus. I think about Tony Robbins. I mean, anybody that's ever seen, you know, I am not your guru um, about him, you'll see before he steps on stage, I'm a performer. I know what that takes. You're not just going to walk onto a place and just be like, hey, everybody, no. like, it comes. <laughs> energy, <laughs> energy has to be created. But so many people mm-hmm. are getting that from caffeine and sugar. And that, like, let's be honest. How is that serving you? How many cups of coffee in? What is your digestion like? What is your poop like? What is your sleep like? What the hell is your sex like? Tell me about your sex. Because that's what I want to know about. Like, can we have these conversations? Because when you, okay, and if they want to attach to their things and they start sharing authentically about what their lives look like behind those closed doors, they got to get honest. 
And it takes mm-hmm. radical responsibility to make those shifts. So for me, I found that I needed to get up earlier. I needed to get up with the sun rising, yes, at 5 a.m. Why was that? Well, because my life is full. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. And, yes, there are things that I tend to. So what am I not going to give up? In fact, not only what am I not going to give up for myself, but what am I going to create? And so every morning I get up at 5 a.m. I have this beautiful practice where I walk downstairs and I have candles lit. Um, I do also have an altar in my bedroom where I will sometimes sit and meditate there. But most days I'll just come downstairs, I'll pour myself something yummy, I'll heat up something, and I will sit and I will sit in silence. And I will listen to my inner voice and I will take out my journal and I'll just start doing my morning practice of tuning in, of asking questions, of listening, of being still, of being present with myself. Sometimes it looks like I'm looking to create the next thing or a program or be creative. Sometimes it looks like, oh, there's a financial thing happening, and now what can I bring in here? It could be spiritual. It could be burning papers. It could be lighting candles, um, working with water and angels and sounds and sound healing. The modalities come in to support me, and I'm surrounded by them in my home environment, so I've literally created this space where I tune in and I have altars and I have spaces. And then I have communities of women like you for when I forget or if time things happen or if messages get really loud or overwhelming where I'm like, I could really use support. And then you're there for me too, assisting and supporting and guiding me in this beautiful, gentle space. Um, it Christine. also looked like, yeah. Oh, I was just yeah. going to go back to what you were saying. It was really powerful that when you align yourself that way, how you say, it goes and filters through your entire day. So your entire experience becomes more of a meditative, constructive form of living rather than that helter-skelter, fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants, which-way-is-the-wind-blowing type of thing. You have that structure that has made you. And I have to say this because as a spiritual teacher, there there are... Um, Everybody's beautiful, but you are particularly, and I think I've told you this before, your clarity and your awareness is particularly evident because of the lifestyle that you live. We don't do those things unless we live that lifestyle permanently. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get up at five, you honor yourself, you enjoy that Mm -hmm. time, and you bring it into each and every part of your day. I just know this about you. Mm -hmm. And so, it's really beautiful, And and the reason that you are as successful as a human being spirit as you are is because of this practice, this divinity that you allow to flow all the time while you're sleeping in the morning with your children and your husband off to school for them, back to your office. It's it's that flow. Mm -hmm. And that's the space that, yes, we have, um, you know, our meditations and our, and our rituals and our journaling and all this, but how you explain that, if, 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 any person listening wants to shift their day, exactly how you explain that is the perfect mm-hmm. stance for self-love, spiritual love, and every other kind of love. So I wanted to share that because that alone right there is, and then if you want to get back to this, Bob and Ben, baby, you're absolutely yes. right. But, <laughs> but literally, that is the most beautiful um, layering in of your spiritual and your humanity together, you you get your life. You understand 
And everybody can do this, right? Everybody can create a practice that makes their life smooth. They can go from one day to another or one moment to another. It's just hopping back on track and just picking up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's important to mention. It's so important. And, and the thing is, like, we think, you know, we think it needs to be like this overwhelming thing. And we also think that we can only focus on one thing at a time. And we, again, this is the collective voices, the lower vibrational frequencies that we are now starting to see is an illusion and we don't have to buy into any of it. And mm-hmm. so it's the same thing. It's like this deep honoring. My day incorporates everything. It incorporates play. It incorporates working from home. It incorporates uh, walks on the trail uh, with my dogs in the woods. It, you know, it everything like this every day. And mm-hmm. it's not exhausting because of the way I nourish my body, because of the way I fuel my body. It sustains me and my mind and my soul, this mental capacity to think clearly and to create, to be an entrepreneur. And any quote-unquote stress that might come is manageable without medication, any emotions. I mean, my husband, just for our listeners today, you know, he had this huge accident four weeks ago. And if you saw the, the, his truck, which I put on social media today just to show people what the impact was, this man walked away. He will fully recover. And I attest that to everything we do in our home. It's a testimony to the love, to the spirit, to the angels, to how connected we are. So even though he might not do all the things that I do vibrationally and physically and emotionally to, like, really hold the space in my home, I am the queen, he is the king, and I make sure that everything that comes in is to this degree, is to Mm -hmm. the purest, most connected place of myself. And I share that because, no, life is not perfect, and, no, we are not exempt from pain. Pain is inevitable as humans. However, suffering is optional. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Pain yes, is inevitable to humans. Pain is in, in pain is inevitable to humans, and suffering is not. That is beautiful. So, in other words, you choose to suffer. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure that nobody ever thinks of it like that. Oh, my God. Like, because I know that I never thought of it like that. Oh, if you told me. Yeah, if you told me that, I would have been like, you crazy person. (laughs) Of course. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Mia. So Mm -hmm. it's not about, uh, so we're not pointing fingers at you guys who are listening who are struggling. It's about the awareness, about saying, wow. These women understand that they can have go through pain, but they don't have to suffer and they can come out quickly. What is that about? So investigate within yourself what that is about for you. As Christine was saying, we were talking about energy earlier. We were talking about shifting our awareness, our consciousness. We weren't talking about retraining our subconscious here, but really that's what happens with all of this. We are magical beings simply because we have this beautiful spiritual, intimate divinity within us, and this glorious human body. We are really very fortunate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are. And we, you know, I mean, 
I, I hear that the angels and, you know, I hear that all the spirits and everything, I mean, they just relish in us because we have the power of choice. And, and in those choices, we bring things into human form. And yes, dis-ease is also something we bring into human form and human experiences. Now, if someone would have said that to me, I would have said, you're crazy. You think I want this? I mean, you know, I would have, of course, come back to them with this. However, that was 16 years ago, and the conversations are changing. And when when you open yourself up to the truth, the truth, because there are truths in this world, you cannot deny that you are an active participant in some way, shape, or form. And I have worked with women, and they, when they're not ready, I still support them. I still point them in the directions. I still love them no matter what they choose. Yeah. That's not what this is about. But I will say, 10 years later, they say to me, they had this huge epiphany. You mean the fibromyalgia and the this and the that. I called out to God, Christine. I surrendered. I said, enough. I'm not going to. I'm going to allow my body to heal. And they found healing. And that was just in calling out to a higher power saying, take this. I'm done with struggling. I mean, so it looks different for everyone and it sounds different for everyone. But when you hear the truth, something inside of you gets ignited. Your soul sits up a little bit in your body. And it wants you to pay attention. It's like pay attention. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you still get to choose. And and hopefully we align ourselves so that we are paying attention to our soul. Because, literally, that is the best GPS system <laughs> that we could ever ask mm-hmm. for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. So we are, we are, we have a few more minutes before they take us out. What is, what would you like to, um, to share before before we head off the air, I really want to, you to um, you have so much beauty in you and so much gift for the world. What would you like to talk about for a few minutes before we? Finish? Well, one of the greatest messages or ways that I have experienced my life and the power of who I am through my expression, through my unique self-expression, has been through my voice. As a teacher, mm-hmm. as a speaker, now as a coach, as an author, um, you can imagine the power of the voice. And so when I was, I was shown that something was happening with my throat chakra and I had this fear come in, who would I be? How would I live my life if I lost my voice and voice in the fullest capacity? So what I have discovered, for me, what the voice is, what I teach about, what I speak about, your voice is a bridge. Your voice is a bridge of your Mm. inner connection. How connected you are to the universe, God, spirit, goddess, how connected you are. It's the bridge of that inner connection to that outer expression. Because we know that our stories heal. We know that just speaking heals, writing heals, just even therapeutically for ourselves personally. Now, if we can bring that out into our world, knowing stories heal, this may have totally ignited you today with many truths. You might be vibrating and tingling. There may be a new 
hope, a new view of your life in this moment because we came together to share our voices. And so that's what I take a stand for. It's like, yes, the voices of women and not just specifically sex women, but the feminine voice that right. is available in all of us that has been suppressed because of this power that I speak about, ladies yes. and gentlemen. It's the power Wonderful. of your voice. So rock it out. Thank you. Rock it out, baby. Thank you so much, Christine, for joining us. And we will see you all or talk to you all next week. Thanks, everybody.